Thank you for joining Downstate Abbey on this fine day, my friends. I am starting to believe in the concept of white privilege more and more all the time. I know that any blanket statement is usually wrong on a lot of different levels, and I think that the terminology, you know, white privilege as applied, you know, just across the board to society is definitely something that has a lot of layers in it to explore. But I will say, in recent developments here in New York State, <laughs> I stand in complete awe of the way that black communities especially are completely, completely left out in the cold, thrown out to the wolves by these structures of privilege, you know, that are constructed of people of all sorts of ethnic backgrounds, but this whole construct of societal privilege, man, if that isn't just smacking me in the face every day, like a wake-up call that we all really need to be paying attention to, I mean, it's, it's stunning, really. It is absolutely stunning to see inner-city school districts having public education just basically ripped right away from them. And don't give me this virtual nonsense because you and I both know anybody who lives a real life knows when you're a single parent when you have multiple children all kinds of grade levels if you're working to support your family or if you're not working to support your family and you're you know some some parents are higher functioning than others let's just be honest here in minority communities especially, and I'm not saying there aren't plenty of non-minority communities who fit this description that I'm about to give to a T, but in minority communities especially, there are certain problems that are quite often very evident and very prevalent. Substance abuse, domestic violence, fatherless homes, poverty, high crime, high recidivism, high involvement in general with law enforcement, with with the criminal justice system. Okay, take just a broad, you know, swipe through most communities of color here, upstate New York, downstate New York, any of them will have many of the same similarities, which are mostly single mother households. Okay, now if you're a single mother and you're on the higher functioning end of being a single mother, which many women are, many women are doing an amazing job of parenting their multiple child households. The whole concept of virtual learning is still pretty terrifying and pretty, pretty beyond the realm of most parents, okay? Now, if you happen to be a single parent, a single mother who's on the lower functioning end of the scale, and let's, ju- let's just have a real conversation here, whether black, white, I don't care what ethnicity, what background an individual is, there are parents, there are mothers who are lesser functioning than others. I see it up close and personal every single day with the community that I work in. There are some parents, some mothers who the welfare of their children is probably not even in their top five priorities for the day. And if you don't see it, you're obviously not spending enough time in at-risk communities. But I'm going to tell you right now, the majority of these communities that are having their educational system just completely ripped away from them and they're being given a Chromebook and, uh, you know, good luck with this whole virtual thing, 
these kids are suffering. All right. I, I don't know. When do the protests, when do the busloads of people roll into these communities or roll up to the governor's office or the governor's mansion to start protesting this? Because as far as I'm concerned, you want an example of systematic racism? This is it. Okay, this is it. You're taking already at-risk communities and you're saying, yeah, you're probably not going to ever make anything out of yourself. So here's your Chromebook. This is virtual learning. Good luck with it. And that's honestly what's happening. Let's get real here. If our state really cared about education the way that it needs to care about it, this situation would have been would have been better mitigated months ago. Everybody knew, everybody knew that the reality of what we're facing was a very real threat. Every single year, our schools are barely passing budgets. They're barely staying within budgets. There's always this last minute panic. You know, is there going to be money? I mean, they've taken away sports. They've taken away preschool in a lot of school district because of budget constraints. I mean, what what really is left to take? Well, I guess we're seeing what's left to take. Like school as we know it is just being taken away from kids. Okay, and, and don't tell me it's all about a virus that has like a 99.9% recovery rate because I don't buy it. This is about New York State completely allowing their public education system to get run into the ground for decades. And now here we have it. We have kids who the state is spending anywhere from 25 to $132,000 per student per school year on. And we're giving them a Chromebook and Google Classrooms and some Zoom meetings during the week. Honestly, what what do you do? You Okay, <laughs> $25,000. Like that's private college tuition money right there. Public education. How in the world can anyone justify moving forward this sort of spending on this type of education, especially within communities of color and especially just the lower income, lower socioeconomic communities, regardless of color? How can we do this to these people? Really? And where are the people? Where's the backlash? You know, if we're going to protest privilege, protest white privilege, then why? Really? Why? Why isn't the teachers union leading the charge here to protest this? The answer is more money. Okay, Uh, like how much more money per kid? Because right now we're spending, like I said, and you can find this online. You can find this on New York State Department of Education websites. Okay, there's a whole website dedicated to financial transparency and public education. I've mentioned it before, and it's a very valuable resource. You can see what's spent per county, per student, per school year. I don't know how much more money we can throw at this and have it be this fundamentally broken. I mean, in many other industries, people are just saying, okay, you know what? We're all going to take a little bit of hit here, but this has got to, we've got to keep things moving. We've got to keep you know, the process by which we create, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the industry is, whether it's a service or a product or whatever, people are, people are taking very hard hits and they're making sacrifices to keep things going. I don't see that happening with public education. I mean, what if this is going to be an unbelievably unpopular opinion, but you know what? Private industries are doing this all over the place. 
people are taking, you know, a 15% pay cut, a 20% pay cut, whatever it takes to keep the staffing what it needs to be in school districts like Schenectady City Schools, where these kids have been home for six months already, and now they're going to be stuck home for a whole school year because our governor won't release the funds that these, you know, students should be given for starters. But even if he does... We're still looking at, you know, billion-dollar deficits here, multi-billion-dollar deficits. I'm just disgusted by this, guys. Like, what is going on? You know, do you know how hard people had to fight for education for people of color? For people of color to be able to be part of the whole public education system, to be non-segregated, to be included, to not have any sort of any sort of prejudice applied to them in their educational process. And now in the year 2020, we're taking whole communities of color and saying, oh, sorry, you're just not going to go to public school. These kids can't learn. I think in general, I mean, there, there are the fractions of the population of kids who do really well with the virtual learning. I'm not saying that I'm putting everyone in a box here, but I'm telling you right now, I would venture to say the majority of kids, and especially kids with special needs and learning disabilities, they're not doing well with the virtual learning. And beyond that, what an unbelievably cruel thing to be doing to parents. Like if you're a parent and you're working multiple jobs, or you're in an essential industry, how in the world is New York State expecting you to homeschool your children by force? Really, that's exactly what it is. This is by force. This isn't, oh, you get to opt in or opt out. I mean, Mahanison School District, one adult tests positive. And we all know by now there are reasons to very, very, very heavily question the validity of a number of tests because we know, depending on the testing method, depending on the lab, we have false positives being spit out constantly. You have tests that are picking up on any trace of any type of coronavirus. So you could have had the common cold, you know, months prior and it's picking up on corona and you get a positive test result. How do you shut down a whole school district and make them go virtual because one person tests positive? I mean, this is insanity. This is utter insanity. So we're basically going to flush the educational process for tens of thousands of kids, for millions of kids across the state. But in our upstate area, you know, this is what's going on. Downstate area is a bigger disaster. Crime is running rampant and and kids are going to be stuck home. Okay. Okay. So you mean to tell me all of the money that's been paid into the public school system already for this year... And whether you're in a district that gets 25000 per kid, 45000 per kid per school year, if you're on the super high end of, you know, 75000 per kid per school year, where, where's the money? Really, where is it? Because, okay, we're basically using online virtual teaching. How do you justify this, guys? I mean, seriously. And if, if you're offended by me asking these questions, just take a step back and realize this is a very logical question to be asking. I mean, if I paid for something ahead of time, if I paid for, 
you know, as many people did, and I'm going to use this as an example. I'm not saying it's a perfect analogy, but it's a, it, it definitely drives a good point home, which is if I paid for an Alaskan cruise, okay, say me and my husband, we saved up for, you know, years to take an Alaskan cruise trip to celebrate an anniversary, paid ahead for it paid ahead we're told what to expect these are the days you're gonna this is the day you leave this is the day you get back this is what you'll see these will be your accommodations these are the meals included this is what you can expect we sign we pay okay time comes for the trip oh you know covid you know somebody on the crew one person on the crew or you know one one guest for that matter that was on the ship you know a week ago tested positive so we're just we're not gonna we're not going to be able to honor your reservation for this cruise. But what we're going to do is send you a link that's going to give you a virtual experience of this entire trip. Okay, there's going to be a video of where you would have gotten on to the onto the boat, onto the cruise. There's going to be video of everything you would have seen along the way. We're going to have videos of the food that would have been eaten, the beverages, any entertainment. We'll have a nice video of the Northern Lights for you to enjoy. So just have a blast. Thank you for joining us. Really? Like, it's as ridiculous as that sounds. That's what we're doing to public education. Okay, we've paid into this for this school year. And now we're being told you're going to get a virtual experience. You're going to have all your kids home. So those of you who work during the day or work at night or whatever, those of you who work for a living, good luck with that. If you've got multiple kids, you're going to be spending now several hundred dollars a week on daycare. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But we've got this whole virtual learning thing. It's fine. I'm sure there'll be enough internet in your house for all four of your kids to be on at the same time. Everybody to be at their Zoom meeting when they're supposed to be. This is a disaster. And this should be borderline criminal to pull a stunt like this, this late in the game. You know, no public services available for, you know, daycare. Not Nothing. Nothing. Just drop the bomb on people who've already been struggling. Oh, by the way, your kids are going to be, they're going to be home all year, virtual. Don't, don't you feel safe? Safe, really? This is about safety. No, no, this stopped being about safety a long time ago, people. This stopped being about our safety about the time Governor Cuomo started directing that murderers and child rapists be let out of prisons across our state to keep them safe from contracting COVID-19, okay? That should have been the first light bulb moment, okay? A certain age bracket of inmate, regardless of what they've done, are gonna get out to keep them safe from contracting COVID-19. Fact check that, it happened. It started happening back in late March, okay? Fact check that. Okay, this stopped being about our safety when our governor directed violent sexual predators be released from prison and put up in hotels close to playgrounds in communities where they can continue to victimize people. It stopped being about our safety way back then. It stopped being about our safety when thousands upon thousands of people were allowed to descend into communities like Troy, like Manhattan, like places all across our state, okay, to protest, 
to protest. What are we protesting? The abuse of the communities of color by the public education system? Yeah, I could get behind that protest because it's real. It's right up in our face. These kids don't have a chance. Public school is sometimes the only lifeline these kids have. And I am horrified that there's not enough people who apparently believe in it to push back and to fight and to say, no, we're going to teach these kids. I don't care if I have to take a 25% pay cut this year. These are extenuating circumstances. These kids need to be taught. If, if schooling is that essential and it's that important, then why, why isn't the teachers union fighting for it? Why aren't teachers saying, no, we're going to teach We're not going to leave our families hanging like this. We're not going to leave these kids hanging like this. Why don't I see anybody fighting that fight? I mean, honestly, prisoners who have been convicted of horrible crimes are being let loose into our communities, and we're supposed to believe our governor wants to keep us safe? Our governor signed an order that Over 200 crimes, horrible, horrible crimes. If you don't know the list by now or haven't looked at it, honestly, shame on you for not knowing what's going on in our state. I'm over it, guys. I'm over it. There's so many people who have no clue what is going on. Open your eyes. You have a governor who is taking some of the most despicable crimes against women and children, the kind of crimes that are just devastating to people, and he's letting these people go with a ticket, and he's making law enforcement let these people go with mere tickets, and you really think this is about keeping us safe? Wake up. Wake up. We're paying to bus hundreds of people from New York City in the lower part of this state all across the state to do visits in prisons with inmates. Now, tell me how much sense that makes. If the prisons are so dangerous that you have to let murderers and rapists out because you don't want them to contract COVID-19, why in the world are you shipping hundreds of people from downstate communities that were supposedly the hotbed of contagion into prisons to visit people and then back to these communities, Cuomo? Answer me that. How? Do, where's the science behind that? But we've got elderly people withering away in nursing homes and long-term care facilities who haven't been able to see families for months and months and months. But if they're actively dying, the family gets to rock, paper, scissors and figure out who the two people are and only two people who will be able to go in and sit by the bedside while that person dies... And it's only two people. It's not like two people this day and then the next two people. the ne- No, no, no. The family has to pick two people. And that's if, if you're allowed at your loved one's bedside while they're actively dying. And by then they're, they're probably out of it. Any chance for last words, last moments, forget it, gone. This is not about your safety. Wake up. Wake up. This has never been about our safety. Honestly, I don't know how delusional people have allowed themselves to be that they're really thinking that somehow we're, we're doing something good here. You are watching some of the most needy, desperate communities get completely shafted by this governor. 
And some of you are just bobbing your heads like a bunch of bobbing seals, clapping seals, bobbing, 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 clapping, clapping, clapping. Oh, he's doing such a great job. He's keeping us so safe. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What is safe about releasing domestic violence perpetrators back right back out so they can go right back into the homes they've been terrorizing? What's safe about all the little kids who've watched their mom get the crap beat out of her for the past six months because the mom knows if she goes to the cops, he's going to get let right back out? What's safe about that? Maybe in your little privileged world, you feel safe. You've got your cloth masks air drying in the other room. You feel safe. But for these kids whose lives are a living hell and public education is the one bright spot for them, the one chance... And you're going to sit by while they're robbed of that? And you're going you're gonna to claim to think that black lives matter? You're a disgrace. Seriously, you are a disgrace. You have lost all sense of decency and humanity. You really have. Hang a flag out your, in the front of your house that says that. Hang a flag out that's honest and says, I don't give two flicks about black communities because I support Andrew Cuomo. Do that. That would be honest at least. Make a rainbow. Figure out something. What's going to be the symbol of that? How about a big dark cloud? We already did the rainbows to show that we were all, you know, so united in this. Yeah. What And what did that get us? That got us a governor who basically did everything wrong. He, he mandated that COVID-19 positive individuals had to be placed in nursing homes rather than a hospital where they could get adequate care and not be a threat to other more vulnerable individuals, the fellow residents of nursing homes. How do you get that wrong, guys, really? How do you get that wrong? How did Cuomo and Zuckerhead get it that wrong? We're locked in our houses. It's not quarantine. It was house arrest, okay? Our businesses are shut down. We've got kids being victimized in ways that are just unspeakable because there's kids in such horrific circumstances like we can't even imagine, most of us. And and some people obviously have no clue and don't want to have a clue because they're just convinced that, oh, we're keeping everyone safe. Societal shutdown. No home visits from foster care and CPS. Everyone's so safe criminals re-released right back out into the streets oh we're so safe look at us we're so safe ah what a freaking joke what a joke you know privileged americans privileged new yorkers have become if you can't see how disgusting this is god help us some of you see this for what it is and you've seen it for what it is for quite some time now and i'm praying to god that you start opening your mouth speaking up speaking out it, you know what? Some of us, our kids are okay. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to take care of my kids to make sure that they have what they need, that this, you know, virtual learning goes as well as it possibly can. You know how many kids aren't that fortunate? I'm, I'm raising kids who aren't mine biologically. I, I'm raising a whole bunch of kids that aren't mine biologically, and I hope to raise a whole bunch more, to be honest with you. For people who can really sit there and think that, oh, we're keeping each other safe with their, you know, 1.5 children in their dual income household with, you know, their freaking cloth masks air drying in the other room. 
Oh, we're keeping each other so safe. Get a freaking clue. There's nothing safe about kids in inner cities where they're all, they're traumatized in ways we can't even imagine. Not that it takes inner cities for kids to be traumatized within, but the inner city populations people are living a life that most of us can't even imagine. And you you can sit here and support the shutdown of public education over a virus being the scapegoat for what's really been decades of financial mismanagement, completely despicable mismanagement of our public education system. And now a virus with almost 100% recovery rate is going to be the blame. And people are going to really think that they're keeping communities of color safe by shutting down public education, by putting single mothers in complete tailspin how in how in the world do you think a single mother who is working to support her family especially an essential industry single mother okay not a mom who you know just took took the unemployment plus the extra 600 i'm not begrudging people who did i know it's survival that whole thing completely shot in the leg so many essential industries I mean, look at nursing homes, for example. You you lose half your workforce because they know they can leave and collect probably twice what they'd make by putting in a 40-hour work week. How, how, how in the world does it make sense to incentivize people not working? And I understand why people did it for the, for the best of reasons. If you've got three, four, five kids home, how in the world? Like, how in the world are you expected to work Pay somebody to watch your kids. I mean, most people don't have the family resources to have somebody watch multiple kids five days a week for them. Like, what planet are you on that you think that that's somehow safe and compassionate for families? I mean, there's a lot of essential workers who just because of their pure love for their patients, love for the people they serve in whatever capacity they serve, they kept working through this. They went through hell juggling kids here kids there homeschooling going to work being short staffed working doubles because nobody's there to relieve you did they get any kind of relief from our state government no nothing zero they get a glimmer of hope that you know schools are going to be open in september and then september 2nd cuomo drops the bomb oh geez yeah by the way I'm not going to give you the funding that I, I could give you. Oh, and by the way, we're, we're billions in the hole right now, uh, like we always have been. And yeah, we're just going to go all virtual. How unbelievably cruel is that? And if you're really somebody who honestly thinks that oh, we're keeping each other safe by doing this, you're, you're out of your mind. You do not wander out of your little world enough to know what's really going on. And I'm sorry to be the person that has to say it to you, but somebody should have said it a long time ago. You cannot kick away the structure of education for these at-risk kids and think you're doing them any favor because you're not. Do people not realize that you know daycares have been open all through this for essential workers? If you're somebody who could actually, you know, afford the cost of childcare, like for multiple kids, I mean, really, what do people think goes on that keeps our stores stocked? Who do they think works in the warehouses that load the trucks? Who drives the trucks? 
to the stores where they get unpacked and stocked. And there's somebody there to ring you up when you go and you shop. And there's people cleaning the hospitals, risking their lives, handling, you know, what would be the most heavily contaminated materials. Cleaning hospitals, staffing hospitals, you know, cleaning people, bathing people, every level of patient care. I mean, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs. People who, you know, were showing up and repairing heat systems in people's homes back in March. Cooling systems so that people weren't dying of heat stroke in their buildings. I mean, for God's sake, who do you think runs this? Not the elitists who get to say, oh God, yeah, there's a virus that has 100, almost 100% recovery rate. I, I just don't feel safe. I just, I just don't feel safe knowing there's that kind of a virus out there well okay then stay home then live on one income if you're a dual income family and you've got somebody who's working from home maybe fine figure out a way to live on one income a lot of us have done it or go get a go get a more essential job go learn how to drive a forklift go work in a warehouse do it go I don't feel safe. Oh, okay. How many people have gotten full paychecks since March for not showing up to work? And some of them got that plus more. And the people that were left to kind of keep society going, you know, like pave the roads and staff the stores and, you know, be the little peasants that scurry and get you your groceries so that you can back your, you know, $50,000 SUV up, pop the top, you know, back open and have them loaded. I mean, who do you think does this? Who do you think works in the production fields and produces your foodstuffs? I mean, I'm just so, (laughs) I just can't. I'm telling you this elitist mentality, this elitist privileged mentality is disgusting. And you know what? It should be called out for what it is. It should, and you know what? The people that are running their mouths the most about how they believe that black lives matter. I don't think you think black lives matter as much as I do because I don't hear any of you saying what a disgrace this is that public education is being ripped away from communities of color. I don't hear that. No, I don't hear that. No, I don't hear that. And I don't hear any of you complaining in the least Certainly not being as vocal as I and many others are with regard to caring so much about black lives that we're saying loud and clear, your governor is targeting black people, communities of color with his lawmaking. Look at the bail reform. You're releasing criminals to communities that are largely black and he, they're victimizing over and over again. Look at the look at the sexual assaults that are happening. Brooklyn, Bronx, Harlem. You got women that are getting assaulted in the streets by perps that have been let go that should be in custody. You've got stores getting robbed. You've got people just getting knocked right on their, their can and robbed right in broad daylight. You've got gang activity ramping up in communities that are vulnerable, communities of color, because they know they can get away with it. 
You've got illegal firearms pouring into communities of color because the criminals know they can get away with anything right now. You've got drug dealers that are being given appearance tickets. What do we lose? 150 Americans a day to freaking overdoses, opioid overdoses? And our governor thinks it's a good idea to let dealers who are found with copious amounts of fentanyl off with an appearance ticket. And you're going to tell me you think black lives matter. Well, start acting it then. Every single one of you. Every single one of you who are silent right now and not standing up against Governor Andrew Cuomo's targeting of black communities, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Start acting like Black Lives Matter. Start speaking up. And you know what? Start even a step before that. Start getting a clue. Most of you have no idea. Look at the bail reform. Look at the COVID-19 jailbreak. Look at it. And you're going to try to tell me this is empowering to black communities? You're sick. You're going to try to tell me that our governor isn't targeting black families by wiping out public education in their communities? Why don't you just sit there and just kind of stew in your white privilege a little bit longer? Wake up, New York. Some of you are awake. It's time, man. It is time. This governor will stop at nothing. He does not have a conscience. He does not care about humanity. He certainly doesn't care about people of color. Don't for a second tell me he does. Don't. Because I'm not that stupid. I'm not that gullible. I'm watching what he's doing. You all should be too. And those of you who see this for what it is, the time has come. We got this guy shutting down businesses left, right, and sideways, but he's letting drug dealers run our streets. You're going to catch a $10,000 fine if people are standing too close, but he's letting criminals out that are mounting women in broad daylight and raping them. But if you stand too close at a bar, you're going to get your business shut down. Andrew Cuomo, so help me God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I'm done. I am done. You are victimizing people in ways that are unforgivable. If you can't see it for what it is, people, you either don't have a conscience or you haven't woken up yet. I'm going to cut you some slack and think that you know maybe you guys really don't understand. And I'm going to give you a chance to understand but I'm telling you right now there is a mounting number of people in this state who are done we have had it with our governor victimizing our children our families our communities I don't give a flick what color skin you have I will be damned if I'm gonna watch children in communities of color be victimized by this jerk, Andrew Cuomo's horrible, horrible policies. I don't care if these are kids that were born of my body or not. We as women have the solemn, sacred duty to protect. And a lot of you are doing a really crap job of it. So start acting like New Yorkers. Start acting like women. Those of you who are saying that Cuomo's doing a great job. Great leadership. Oh, wow, he's so presidential. Get a life. 
This is a guy putting rapists back out on the streets, pedophiles back in our communities. Get a life. Pay attention. My God. The information is right there. You can support somebody who thinks there should be lesser penalties for child rapists. Just say it out loud. Say it. I think that we should have lesser penalties for child rapists. Just say it. Because that's exactly what you're doing if you're supporting Andrew Cuomo. You just, you just don't have the spine to actually say it. So say it. Put it on a flag. Paint it on a sign. Put it on the front of your house. Because that's exactly what you're doing. You might as well make a sign that says, I think the black community should have more rapists in them. Yeah, do that. Put that right underneath your Black Lives Matter sign because you obviously don't think Black Lives Matter if you can support the policies of Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, I said it and I'll say it again. You obviously don't think Black Lives Matter if you can support the racist, systematically racist policies of Andrew Cuomo. So for those of us paying attention to what really matters, keep paying attention, keep pushing back. Our schools need to be open. Our kids need an education. Kids that aren't as fortunate as maybe yours or mine need an education. They need protection. We need improvements in foster care. We need improvements in our, our entire structure of child protective services. We need help as a state. And I do not see where we have a governor who is even remotely paying attention to the things that matter. We've got maternal drug use, you know, skyrocketing, skyrocketing. We've got kids being born with profound disabilities that will really, they'll, <laughs> they'll haunt them their whole life. And we're, we're just going to let drug dealers continue to, to run our streets, destroy our homes, destroy our communities, destroy the next generation. And you can, you can support a governor who's enabling this and empowering drug dealers, but is keeping elderly people locked up, releasing rapists, locking up elderly population, not letting them see family. That's sick. I, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't care if I if I stand completely alone in this. That is sick. And I know I don't stand alone. I know there are millions of you out there who know exactly what I'm saying is exactly the truth. And I pray to God you get behind me, get behind this. We need to unite because this is this is a despicable abuse of power that I honestly I have a hard time believing it's happening, but it is. It's happening every single day. We, this guy will stop at nothing. He has no conscience. He will stop at nothing. He has given himself complete executive power. He can do whatever he wants. I, do, are, are all of you aware of that? Are all of you aware of the executive power Andrew Cuomo granted himself back in April when the budget passed? executive power because we have spineless lawmakers yeah i said it those of you who didn't put up any kind of fight against that you're spineless spineless without a spine possibly without a conscience too but you know i'm not i'm not going to totally make that statement just yet but you let a governor just basically take full control over every aspect of the lives of every person in this state because of covid19 because of the virus that has almost a 100% recovery rate. 
Okay. So you do realize he can move money in and out of wherever he wants to now, right? So if you have a public pension, <laughs> you might really want to you might want to kind of pay attention here. Yeah, you might want to pay attention here because you've got a governor who doesn't have a good track record in the way of honesty and integrity and transparency. You might want to pay attention. <laughs> You'd be ashamed for that public pension that you think you're getting to be gone. But it could be. And then it'll then it'll get personal. Maybe then people will pay attention. For people who you know, just, eh, I'm not going to engage in, in, in any of this because it doesn't affect me personally. If, if that's your mindset, ugh, gross, really gross. For some people, they really won't pay attention until they get a notice, you know, that, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, your, 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 your pension kind of doesn't exist anymore. Or it's, it's, you know, you thought you were going to get this much a month. Now you're going to get this much a month. It really, I, I think that there's certain people who, until it affects them directly, will not pay attention. And, and it sickens me because I, I, I see what's going on in communities far beyond my own. And I am sickened and horrified and haunted by this. I don't know how more of you can't be. And those of you who are, unite. It's time. It's time to push back. Our governor has completely forgotten what it means to be a New Yorker. 2001, September 11th. Would you ever think that our governor would be attacking the brave men and women who saved lives that day, who risked their own lives, that he would be literally putting a target on their back with this bail reform, tying their hands, not letting them bring people to justice who need to be brought to justice? Would you ever think that he would betray us on this level? Would you ever? I mean, guys, this is not, this is not just political nonsensory, nonsensical musings here. This is really scary stuff. Your governor, my governor, Andrew Cuomo, he has completely turned on us people. He truly, truly has. He just the fact that he would take I'm going to list just a few, I'm going to give myself five minutes to wrap up here. I'm going to list just a few of the 200 crimes that your governor, Andrew Cuomo, is basically mandating that law enforcement hand out appearance tickets for. If you could have ever thought that this would be possible, you know, say September 12th, 2001, that we would have gone this far off the rails, it would have been hard to imagine because there was such unity. There was such strength among us and through us and around us and because of us on September 12th, 2001. I know it's still there. It needs to be brought back. But we have a governor who is attacking us. September 11th was an attack from without. This is an attack from within. My heart is breaking probably more right now because it this is this is an attack from a New Yorker. Andrew Cuomo is a New Yorker and he is attacking our state. I mean, it's one thing when somebody just plain hates you because they do. You know, that's their problem. The people that, that 
carried out the attacks on September 11th, 2001, you know, that's just purely diabolical. That That's purely ideology that is totally contrary to anything that we, you know, as true Americans, true, true human beings could ever espouse to. And now we have a governor who honestly, his attacks on us are equally cruel, if not more so, because he's one of us. He's completely sold us out. I really encourage you get to know the 200 crimes, because if you're a victim of them, if your child's a victim of them, anyone you know or love a victim of these crimes, the person who did it's going to get a ticket and they may or may not show up to their court date. They may or may not ever be apprehended. And now we have law enforcement eroding, you know, by the day, officers retiring, getting out as fast as they can, not being replaced because who in their right mind would become a police officer in this day and age. So yeah, just make it personal for yourself. These are crimes that could affect you personally someday and it should bother you as a human being, knowing that these are things that are being done to people every day and the perpetrators are not being held in custody. They're being let go. And many of them will never be apprehended again. They just won't. They'll disappear. They'll, they'll get fake identities. They'll disappear. They'll be out of here. And it, I, I just cannot believe that our governor would victimize us this way. <sighs> 200 crimes. I'm not going to take the time to read all of them, but just imagine, just imagine, imagine Andrew Cuomo. I think he was attorney general at that point in 2001. Imagine him taking to a podium September 12th, 2001 and saying, okay, these are crimes, uh, New Yorkers, that if you commit them, you're going to get an appearance ticket. If you're a victim of them, you know, sorry about that, but the person who did it is going to get an appearance ticket. Fourth degree arson as a hate crime, killing a police dog or a police horse, obstructing governmental administration with a self-defense spray, bribing a witness, second degree robbery as a hate crime, second degree manslaughter, Uh, unlawful duplication of computer materials, jostling, assisting in female genital mutilation, Stalking as a hate crime, vehicular assault, uh, aggravated assault on a child under 11 years old, menacing, menacing as a hate crime, petty larceny, grand larceny, public lewdness, endangering the welfare of a disabled person. You ready to throw up yet? Yeah, those are crimes that your governor thinks should be given just, just a ticket. Enterprise corruption. Uh, money laundering. Oh, here we go. Mon- money laundering in support of terrorism. Multiple counts. Imagine, imagine Andrew Cuomo taking a podium on September 12th, 2001 and saying, my fellow New Yorkers, you know, ever upward people, I'm going to pass a law so that money laundering in support of terrorism and multiple counts of money laundering in support of terrorism will be given appearance tickets. He probably would have been honestly just pummeled right then and there on September 12, 2001. But fast forward January 1st, 2020, that very law signed by that very man, Andrew Cuomo, goes into effect. 
money laundering in support of terrorism is on the list of bail reform crimes that Andrew Cuomo thinks should be treated with appearance tickets. Possession of an obscene sexual performance by a child. Promoting an obscene sexual performance by a child. Really? Endangering the welfare of a child. Endangering the welfare of a vulnerable elderly person. Hmm. Yeah. If, if you don't feel like I do right now, like you don't know if you're more heartbroken or more sickened by this, I, you, you, you might be a subhuman, I don't know. This is what we've become, people. This is what we are becoming if we don't push back against this anarchy, this complete degenerate of a governor. How in the world, how in the world do you take the people of this state who we were on the world stage because of September 11th? We exemplified everything beautiful about the American spirit in those days, in those weeks, in those months, in these decades. But somewhere along the way, our governor, Andrew Cuomo, sold us out. The fact that he would put money laundering in support of terrorism, multiple counts, on a list of crimes that he feels should get appearance tickets should tell you all you need to know about what Andrew Cuomo thinks about September 11th, 2001, and what he thinks about the memory of the thousands of people who died that day, and what he thinks about the indomitable American spirit. I can't just take this lying down. I will not. This is so glaringly wrong and disgusting on every level. I pray to God more of you will get involved. Cancelcuomo.com. Go there. Become part of the community. This is an absolute attack on our people, on our families, on our children, on our futures. And we cannot be on the side of history that just tolerates this. Please, I beg of you. You are not alone. I am not alone. We just need to unite in a way that is real. People uniting, networking, pushing back against this governor who is totally a disgrace to this great state of New York. I love you all. I love you all way too much to be quiet about this. So join the fight. We've got a fight ahead of us, but I don't know of any better alternative. We either fight for what's right or we're left with the you know internal torment of knowing that we just took this lying down we took it lying down we played dead and these are the laws that are going to frame and provide the structure for society in the in the generations to come i can't just ignore this i love you all take care keep in touch god bless Greetings, fellow lovers of New York State. I love New York. I know you do too. And I know that's why we're united in purpose to fight against the tyranny of Andrew Cuomo and the degenerate regressives who are trying to destroy our state. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. 
Today it's going to get real and I'm going to tell you why time is running out. That's all there is to it. You and I both know what's about to happen here. Andrew Cuomo is about to announce, I guarantee it, massive hikes in taxes on families that are already shouldering some of the highest tax burdens in the nation for an educational system that's usually in the bottom three in terms of national performance and spends in the neighborhood of the top three highest spending across the nation per student per school year. We have marginalized communities, upstate, downstate, and everywhere in between who've basically been told, hey, you're not getting a public education. You're getting a Chromebook. Have fun with that. Because we know you're never going to amount to anything and we don't have any sort of accountability. So here, have a Chromebook. I want to throw up, honestly, the display of, I, I can't even call it leadership. I can't even call it leadership. What our governor has displayed in recent days, recent weeks especially, is nothing short of of just horrifying. How do you, as a working class family, pull it together when public education has been completely just knocked right out from under you? If you're, you know, among the amazing heroes, you know, we've got signs in front of all kinds of workplaces, heroes work here. Yeah, they do. They do work in those essential industries. They do. And I have so much more respect and love and admiration for the working class people of our state, of our nation, than I ever will for any of these elitist prima donnas who are making, you know, a hundred times what you and I make every year. And probably wouldn't last 10 minutes in our world. For those of you who are in essential industries and you have kids and you're wondering like how in the world are you going to survive this school year when your kids have been just told that oh, we're going all virtual. Oh good, we're going all virtual. New York taxpayers get to pay between 25000 and upwards of over 100000 per student per school year for public education here in New York State and we get to basically homeschool our kids and we're given a Chromebook that we have to return at the end of the year. Wow, yeah, solid, great, great, great. So if you're anything like me and you have multiple kids, multiple grade levels, like from ninth down to fifth grade, yeah, good luck with that. I guess, I guess the expectation is just for, you know, one of the parents to quit their job and homeschool kids while still paying enormous taxes every month, you know, by way of your escrow account, which, you know, <laughs> I mean, when I talk to people that live in other states, they're like completely horrified at what you and I cough up every month for our mortgage to cover our taxes and the mortgage. It's basically like having two mortgages, honestly, what most of us pay in taxes, the bulk of which are school taxes. And this is what we get. You know, and and don't you dare tell me it's about COVID-19 because you know what? It's not. There's way too many things that Governor Cuomo has pulled off in the past several months that have absolutely nothing to do with COVID-19. So don't, don't play me, please. Don't even attempt it. When there's a virus that has almost a hundred percent recovery rate and we're we're using that virus like we're picking a germ and granted okay it's it's a novel virus i understand that it was probably tweaked in a lab and made 
to basically be more aggressive and more evolved than it would have if it were naturally evolving. I get that. I understand that. But we are shutting down society. We're taking education away from kids. We're taking multiple safety nets out of our communities in the name of safety from a virus that has almost a 100% recovery rate. I mean, the CDC came out a couple weeks ago with figures that the people that did die from COVID-19, God rest their souls, you're precious, sacred, and loved, and you have headed into eternity like the rest of us will. Most of these souls, though, their bodies had an average of 2.6 comorbidities in place, which made them vulnerable to COVID-19 and honestly vulnerable to probably any strain of flu or disease that would have come along. COVID-19 being, you know, accelerated, more robust, obviously. COVID-19 being something that, you know, we would really go out of our way to keep out of nursing homes and long-term care facilities. That would just be common sense. But our Governor Andrew Cuomo instead placed a mandate on our our state that, <laughs> like, you can't even make this stuff up. I, I was talking to somebody today and we just, like, threw our hands up. Like, the one thing he could have gotten right, like, the one thing he could have gotten right, he completely screwed up. He and, you know, Zuckerhead there mandated that... People who were positive with COVID-19 had to be admitted to nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And then, you know, he was brazen and ballsy enough in one of his press conferences to say to, you know, long-term care facilities and nursing homes, you don't get to just pick and choose who you admit. Oh, okay. Well, it kind of would make sense that based on the fact that you're telling us that this virus is going to spread like wildfire and, you know, wipe out people who are vulnerable, immunosuppressed, elderly, it would kind of make sense that we'd want to keep individuals who test positive for said virus out of facilities that house, you know, said vulnerable individuals, correct? Right? Okay, so instead, what we get is a mandate coming straight from Cuomo, straight from Zuckerhead, Stating COVID-19 individuals must be admitted to nursing homes and long-term care facilities. When it would make more sense to you, it would make more sense to me, it would make more sense to anybody with an ounce of common sense that someone who is COVID-19 positive be placed in a hospital in isolation where they can be cared for, get the care that they need and not be a threat to others who might be vulnerable like that. That would make good common sense. Yes, yes, it actually would. Nope. Common sense, you'll find Andrew Cuomo's policies 180 degrees away from common sense. That's where you'll find them. Yep, just like the COVID-19 jailbreak. Yeah, that whole thing where, you know, inmates who were in for murder, for raping children, for all kinds of horrible crimes got released from prison because, well, we don't want them to catch COVID-19 in prison. God. So, you know, we have taxpayer dollars going to put convicted sex offenders in hotels because that makes sense. Yeah, let's put them up in the Holiday Inn rather than keep them incarcerated, you know, with masks on like the rest of us have been forced to. 
Yeah, that that almost makes sense, Andrew Cuomo. Almost. Yeah, no, sorry. We can see right through it. You're trying to empty the prisons because you have the goal of, by 2026, our prisons being reduced to 25% of their current population. With no plan in place for meeting mental health needs, addiction services, advancing and growing the way they need to to keep up with our advancing and growing addiction epidemic... But yeah, let's just let inmates out who fall under the category of being over age 55, having hypertension, having diabetes, or being otherwise immunosuppressed. Yeah, just let them out. Okay, great. Do we have any of your, you know, tracker jackers keeping track of where these people are? Because you managed to lose almost 3,500 parolees in recent years. We don't know where these people are. Un. Believable, And for anyone who says that Cuomo is doing a good job, I feel so safe under his leadership. You're delusional. You obviously are not paying attention to what's really going on. And I honestly feel bad for you because you are the reason why innocent people are being victimized. You're part of the reason why because there should be such powerful public backlash for what Andrew Cuomo is doing to communities, especially black communities right now, that there should be rallies, there should be protests going on day and night outside of our state capitol, outside of his, you know, governor's mansion, for people to be really paying attention at the infringement upon civil rights that's going on under his directives. Really, he's letting people out of prison to keep them from catching COVID-19. Wouldn't good leadership stay, okay, you know what? We're going to have special facilities set up. If any of our inmates come down with COVID-19, we're going to be certain they get the care that they need. Like that would be good leadership. Nope, that's not what we get. We get Andrew Cuomo, okay, who says, oh, yeah, if you fall under those categories, you're over age 55, hypertension, diabetes, immunosuppressed, we're going to let you out of prison, regardless of what you're in there for, because we don't want you to catch COVID-19, even though the masks apparently work, because, you know, my kids have their face covered in a mask, at school and God only knows when schools are going to get shut down when one person tests positive with a test that may or may not be accurate. So we're going to we're going to force kids, you know, home in front of a computer screen for seven and a half hours a day. Yeah, okay. Um the masks supposedly work, the social distancing supposedly works. So why aren't we just putting those philosophies, putting those practices in place in our prisons. Like, wouldn't that make sense? No, instead he chooses to release inmates who have committed some horrific crimes. And if any of you believe that they're low-level criminals that are being let loose, you're not getting the correct information. You're being lied to. You're, You're picking and choosing your news outlets. And I'm telling you right now, that's not what's going on. There's people who've been released who are reoffending, you know, raping women. God only knows what's going on that we never find out about. Because thanks to Cuomo's bail reform, you know, if you do get sexually assaulted by an individual, if you do get the crap beat out of you in a domestic violence situation, if you do go to the cops, you know what the police have to do because of this this godforsaken bail reform? 
they have to give the perp an appearance ticket. So what happens between, you know, the date that that appearance ticket gets processed and, you know, given to that individual and the date of court? What happens? Well, I guess if you, if you just show up dead, you know, sorry about that. Yeah, if you the victim who tried to advocate for yourself, tried to protect your kids, went to the authorities, the authorities' hands are tied by Andrew Cuomo. You know, sorry. You know, sorry. You're just another statistic. You're just another body in the morgue, another domestic violence statistic. Sorry about that. I mean, honestly, women, you know, where are you right now? Really, where are you women's groups right now when we have a bail reform that has taken some of the most disgusting crimes against women especially and has basically given them a free pass and has basically stated that, you know what, you're just going to get an appearance ticket. That's all you're going to get, an appearance ticket. And if you show up to court, great. If you don't, we'll send police officers out to risk their lives, wrangling you, bringing you in. It's a joke. It's a sick, sick joke. And you know what's on the line? Human lives. Innocent human lives. Okay? So this is beyond out of control here. Beyond all right, there are women who fought way too hard for the rights of women for us to just sit back and watch this complete attack on women's rights, victims' rights by Andrew Cuomo. It's absolutely disgusting. Like, there's nothing you can say that in any way, shape, or form redeems this nonsense. It's it's horrible. It is such a slap in the face to meaningful social justice reforms. It's disgusting. So at what point, people, do we push back? All right. I'm watching business after business have liquor licenses pulled. You know, people, oh, people are standing too close. Oh, God. People are standing too close. You have people getting let out who've raped children and who are probably raping children because you know what? They can get away with it. But people are standing too close. So we're going to shut businesses down. You've got churches who still aren't allowing singing because, oh, it's too high risk. Too high risk. Okay. But I I can watch video after video of people getting two inches away from the face of police officers, screaming at them, you know, saliva practically hitting the, the screen. And that's okay. That That's not a problem. That's a peaceful demonstration. That's healthy. And there's absolutely no possibility of COVID transfer in situations like that. Okay, got it. Got it. But a church wants to sing, you know, a mighty fortress is our God. And holy, holy hell, y'all are making everybody get the COVID. Yeah, can't be singing. Can't be singing. It's too risky. Oh, my word, please tell me, please tell me this is a sick joke. Please tell me Ashton Kutcher is about to roll up in a van, jump out and be like, you've been punked. Because that's the only thing that would make any of this nonsense make any ounce of sense. We have a governor who is passing laws by way of the bail reform that allow people who make pornography, okay, by way of forcing kids to perform obscene acts, they're given appearance tickets, for God's sake. Appearance tickets. People who are money laundering in support of terrorism. Appearance tickets. Assisting in female genital mutilation. Appearance tickets. You can jack a whole ATM. You're going to get an appearance ticket. 
arson as a hate crime, appearance ticket, kill a police dog, kill a police horse, appearance ticket. I mean, if you don't know the 200 crimes by now, you really need to get a clue because this is it's almost like somebody went out of their way to pick some of the most despicable crimes and many of the crimes that they knew would probably be taking place in 2020 put them on a list and Governor Cuomo signed them and basically tied the hands of law enforcement and said hey guys anybody who commits any of these crimes you got to just give them a ticket you can't hold them in custody you can't you know put bail on it nope just just you got to let them loose And in his own words, back in May, when people were getting arrested, released, arrested, released with the looting and the the horrors that went on in New York City with the riots, nonsensical was the word Governor Cuomo used. Nonsensical. It's nonsensical that police officers are arresting people and then putting them right back out in the street just to rearrest them. It's nonsensical. Yeah. No kidding. It's nonsensical. It's nonsensical that you've got kids who've been stuck home for months, six months now, and they've been stuck in domestic violence situations and they've been stuck in them because their mothers know that if they go to the cops, the best that's going to happen is that person's going to get an appearance ticket. Oh, there might be an order of protection but we all know how that goes. When when are we going to start counting the body count under Andrew Cuomo's failed policies? All right. Sandra Wilson, Garrett Goebel, do these names mean anything to any of you? Probably not. People that were flat out murdered by people who should have been in custody. I haven't heard him say their names. No, 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 not even a whisper of their names. And there's more. There's more. There's plenty of victims that, you know, we as the public don't ever get the names. We just get the news that, oh, wow, you know, somebody who was let loose because of bail reform tried to rape a woman in broad daylight. You know, somebody's throat got slashed. Oh, the guy should have been in custody. I mean, what a, what a joke our justice system has become, honestly. Honestly, Andrew Cuomo, you're an absolute disgrace to this state. The fact that you could put on this list in the bail reform, money laundering in support of terrorism, in the very state that had one of the most disgusting acts of terrorism perpetrated on it. And you, as our governor, put something like that into law? You're disgusting. You're disgusting. Honestly. Honestly. I don't know why you've sold your soul, but you obviously have. I pray to God your eyes open before it's too late. But this is disgusting. And now public education, we've reduced it to handing kids a Chromebook. And maybe a MiFi. Great. Wow. Sorry. Your mom's hitting the crack pipe, kids. We know you're not going to get an education because, well, you know, mom's hitting the crack pipe. But good luck. Talk about racism. Talk about soft bigotry. Just patting these kids on the head like, well, we know you're not going to amount to anything, honey. You know, we know you'll probably, you know, be be knocked up by the time you're 13. And, you know, you'll probably be selling drugs by about that time. And both of you will probably get killed by gang activity before you see your 21st birthday. So here's your Chromebook because we know you're not going to amount to anything. That's exactly what this is saying to our black communities. And don't tell me it's any different. Please, who's advocating for these communities? Who is pushing for the change in our you know, child protective services and social services that's necessary and long overdue? Who's pushing for it? 
because you know we've got maternal drug use on the rise we've got kids being born with profound disabilities because their mom was on the crack pipe the whole pregnancy and you know we've got an educational system that can be the one glimmer of hope these kids have and our governor just completely knocked it right away from them I mean, really, people, he, he, he manages to pull money out of God only knows where for every other thing, but public education, he just completely annihilates. And nobody, nobody's pushing back to the extent that they should be pushing back. And it's, it's disgusting to me. It's really disgusting. It's probably one of the biggest displays of, I would say, privilege that I've ever seen. And I, it's really coming from people who are pissing and moaning about white privilege. <laughs> like... Okay, here's a perfect example of it in action. Why aren't why aren't you opening your mouth? Why aren't you saying something? You're literally watching these kids who have born been born into some horrible situations. You know, our inner city communities are hurting beyond belief and our our governor, you know, he takes it upon himself to lessen the penalties for drug dealers, to lessen the penalties for domestic violence perpetrators, to lessen the penalties for people who prey on children. Come on. Come on. Really, New York. You know, there's a lot of you who see this for what it is. It's time to get loud. It's time to get loud. It's time to take our state back. Honestly, this is so disgusting. And all the people that you would expect would be saying something about this, all the people that you would expect would care about the black lives that are being completely, honestly, crapped on right now, are definitely silent. We know who you are because you're quiet right now. Those of you who are pushing back against this administration, you know, against this administration of Andrew Cuomo and, you know, his minions, you guys are the real deal. You get it. You're tired of systematic racism in the form of soft bigotry, low expectations, and just the constant handouts that require let's throw more money at a system that's already broken and then make people feel guilty when they say well wait a second let's make some positive changes before we throw more money at it i'm sick of it i'm sick of living in a state where most families have to work you know two three jobs and then they get to panhandle in front of walmart on the weekends to try to save their kids sports program what the heck is going on School superintendents, you're making a quarter of a million dollars a year, some of you, in communities where that's 10 times the average income for individuals in those communities. That doesn't smell like privilege to you. It does to me. It reeks of it. It reeks of it. Come on. You know, you, you families that are working crazy hours, trying to make ends meet, and then on top of it, we're going to homeschool our kids, really. We're going to homeschool them by force, not by choice, by force. Oh, somebody tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, my God. Shut the whole district down. I'm sorry. This is a virus with almost 100% recovery rate. Shut down a school district because of it. Are are you out of your minds? 
plant kids in front of a screen for seven and a half hours. And then I have people telling me who work for school districts, who work for inner city school districts, who've already been told everybody passes this year. Really? That's disgusting. That's disgusting that you don't care enough about true education, truly empowering kids with knowledge, truly empowering them with the skills they will need to make a success out of themselves in life, break the cycle of generational poverty, rise up from the ashes. Everybody passes. I had a teacher tell me that they don't even need to have kids actively online during school. They just need to have the kid basically send them an email saying, hey, I checked in today. I checked in on my assignments. Okay, you're good. You're, you're good. Pass. Come on. I want to see New York Education issue a guideline that there is a third party. Like, I want this separate, separate from New York State, separate, just a party completely completely neutral, putting forth just a comprehensive literacy test that we make our public school students take. Because I want to know how many of these kids actually know how to read. And it's not meant to be an insult to these kids at all. It's meant to be a chance for us to say, you know what, we need to empower you. You've made it to 10th grade, but you're at a second grade reading level. Why is that? I really, that needs to happen. It is so unbelievably cruel to just push these kids through. Just push them through. Just push them through. Just push them through. I see it all the time. All the time. Women who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s who can't read. I had a woman last week in a in a group that I lead in the community that I, I serve it's it's a very marginalized very poverty ridden community this woman's in her 40s and she admitted into in front of a small group of us women who she obviously trusts she admitted to us that she can't read okay and we just kind of clamored around her like how have you gotten this far in life not knowing how to read you must be unbelievably intelligent to be able to pick up on nonverbal cues, pick up on innuendo and just pick up on nuances to be able to navigate through situations of life without knowing how to read. You must be like unbelievably intelligent. And she went on to share that she was in special ed her whole life. She was made fun of. She was called all kinds of names. And her teachers knew she couldn't read and they just kept kind of pushing her through. And, you know, I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I think it happens enough to, for us to acknowledge that there's a problem. So, you know, what's probably going to happen is this woman is going to get tutored by somebody who's going to volunteer and want to do nothing more than pour themselves into her life. Give her the power of literacy that the public education system really should have given her. And she's one of, I bet you, thousands, thousands. I would be willing to bet thousands. And we're creating an educational system in which kids are handed a Chromebook, especially when they're in situations and households that we know are a hot mess with substance abuse issues, you know, maybe a parent incarcerated, maybe you've got grandparents raising multiple grandchildren and you're going to park a Chromebook in front of them. 
honestly, what planet are we on that that even makes sense? Does anybody, do, 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 does Governor Cuomo understand how many grandparents are raising their grandchildren right now? Does he understand how many households have a single parent who is working their tail off, most often in an essential industry, and now at the you know the week before school is supposed to open, he pulls this crap? Oh, they're not going to school. Oh, okay, okay. So then, when you have essential industries that are completely buckling because they're short staffed, because people have just quit their jobs because really where do you even begin to homeschool multiple children if you're dedicated to breaking the cycle maybe you know you as a parent went through years of illiteracy maybe you're still in that cycle of illiteracy you've managed to you know get a job you've managed to hold down a job but you want better for your kids where do you even begin to navigate this mess this mess that we're calling New York State public education. Teachers are heartbroken. The really good teachers are heartbroken over this. You know, some teachers worked their tails off during all of this. And they, you know, did everything they could to try to make this able to be navigated by their students and the families. This is not working. We are losing everything valuable in the human experience right now, and we're losing it. And some of us are, some of some of you are relinquishing it willingly because you think it's keeping you safe from a virus that has almost a hundred percent recovery rate. And think a little bit bigger. If you really look at the global impact that our societal shutdown is having on vulnerable segments of the global community, it is disgusting what we, in our privilege to feel safe, are doing. We're starving people on this planet because we're shutting down our society. And that has a whole ripple effect socioeconomically that has completely cut off aid to a number of People who, people, groups who are right on the edge of starvation. They were right on the edge of starvation pre-COVID-19. And now they're, they've just completely tipped into starvation mode. Is, is it worth it? What we're doing to our fellow human beings? Is it worth it what we're doing to our planet? Pumping millions of extra, you know, rubber gloves, nitrile gloves into our landfills, which, you know... <laughs> Come on, you know it's ending up in the ocean because it's cheap. It's cheaper to hire a barge to haul your garbage out, you know, past the mile limit marker and just dump it in the ocean. That's what most big cities are doing. Don't let them tell you they're not. Masks and gloves and oh, everything sanitized so your immune system doesn't even have a chance to be stimulated the way it needs to be to function optimally. What are we doing? What are we doing? How does a child's life across the globe matter less than our child's life right here? We have a virus that we've been told by the experts has almost a 100% recovery rate. And we're literally shutting down societies, economies that has a ripple effect that is going to take a family across the globe and make that mother watch her kids starve to death so that we can feel safe. So we can feel safe. Oh, we pull your mask over your nose, please. We want to be safe. Really, people? 
Is this what we've become? Is this what we've become? And then all the while here in New York State, the vape shops have been open, the liquor stores have been open. I don't begrudge any of that. I'm not like picking on that, but where's the, where's the freaking science behind that? We could buzz through, you know, fast food 24-7. And, and I, really, I mean, any fast food joint in my town, like the traffic would be backed out into the street. I don't care what time, day or night. That's fine. But the mom and pop places couldn't be open. Okay. Okay. All right. We have essential workers who've had their kids in daycare since the middle of March. And things have been fine but we're shutting schools down oh okay whole whole school districts you're just shutting i'm not okay shutting down going we're going virtual yeah you're shutting down school basically i mean you're handing kids a chromebook and it's a disaster people you know and if it's working for you and your family good for you good for you no really good for you but for the vast majority of people this is a disaster especially if you're on the lower socioeconomic scale or you're just the struggling working class or just the working class this is a nightmare there's not every there's not many kids who have the luxury of a parent who could absolutely drop everything and homeschool all day every day. I mean, I know there's parents who are doing it and they're making tough choices to do that. They're making sacrifices, but the whole premise of public education is to be able to educate the public. Like everybody who comprises the public. And we're not doing that right now. So, okay, the 25 grand, the 35 grand, the 65 grand, whatever, you know, educate yourself a little bit on how much is spent per pupil per school year in your area. And then ask yourself, how do we justify spending that and being given a Chromebook that our kids are supposed to figure out, you know, how to navigate? Some kids, I mean, I have kids who some of them do phenomenally well with online learning that it's fine it's great they wither away a little bit and then they wither away a lot depending on how long of period of time they're socially isolated like for some of them that's been really painful to watch honestly you know and for some of my kids online learning it's an absolute disaster it's an absolute disaster and i think if you planted you know any sort of test group of us adults in front of a screen and you know just did this same experiment that we're doing on our kids right now i think you'd see the same results some of us would be total space shots we'd be like a mess like not not able to focus not understanding you know and some of us would probably just do fine. Okay, great. And then there'd be varying degrees in between. But what these horrible budget cuts are doing, what this just complete elimination of the opportunity for education, the opportunity of the safety net that public education provides, what it's doing to communities who are marginalized, who are at risk, is absolutely heartbreaking. You absolutely cannot tell me that we're keeping kids safe who've been stuck home with drug addict parents i'm gonna say it because it needs to be said this is the reality 
If you're if you're a kid and you've been trapped home for six months with a drug addict parent, the other parent's completely out of the picture, whatever the case may be, how, how is this keeping you safe, really? How is any of this keeping you safe? And why don't their lives matter? Really? Why? Why? You know, okay, you know what? You're going to take away public education? You better come up with some sort of public daycare then. Or maybe we should just keep public education because it serves as a public daycare with education. Maybe we should just keep it going like we have all the daycares. I mean, come on, people. Come on. But you're, to take a community like Schenectady, and I guarantee there's going to be more. I guarantee. I downstate. Oh, they're just getting annihilated with, the, with this, oh, this hack job that Cuomo is just... Wiping out public education. What a what a nightmare. But to not even be given the choice. To just basically be told, oh yeah, by the way, your kids are all virtual. Oh, oh, my kids are all virtual. Okay. Well, I asked me to work at five in the morning. And I don't get home till, you know, four in the afternoon, five at night. If 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 the next shift doesn't show up, I'll have to work a double. Honest to God, this is what you get when you have a governor who is so out of touch with reality and has been an elitist, privileged punk. I'm going to say it. Punk. His whole life. This is the leadership you get. He has no clue the struggle of the working class people, the real heroes who keep this whole society going during times like this. The people who are being paid, you know, wages that, I mean, somebody like Cuomo couldn't couldn't even wrap his head around surviving on these wages because he's never had to. I mean, if he needs money, he basically just ransacks a state fund. Really? Come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, this is the same governor that put together, you know, an ethics committee. And then when it got too close to him, oh, we're going to disband the ethics committee. It's getting a little, it's getting a little hot in here. Yeah, no, no more ethics committee. We're done. We're done. Okay. What a joke. What a joke. And then to add insult to injury, this guy, he, he has these directives that take people who rape women, rape children, create child pornography, and he wants lesser penalties for them. He wants law enforcement to have to go round these people up when they miss their court dates. I mean, he's attacking our law enforcement. He's attacking our children. He's attacking our women. He's attacking the very societal structures of public education that that we need. And to be honest with you, I'm a little surprised certain groups aren't fighting a little harder for public education. It's very telling to me, the people who are quiet right now. Very telling. Your, your silence speaks volumes because it's almost like there's those of us who are fighting harder for public education than people who you would expect would be fighting for public education. It's almost like we believe in it more than certain groups believe in it. And that, that's very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. Because if I were a public school teacher, you know what I would probably do? And it wouldn't be popular, but I would probably say, you know what, guys? We have a $10 million shortfall in a $78 million budget. 
I think we all need to just pony up and maybe take a pay cut and make sure that everybody else, all these other para employees have a job and this, this school functions and it's open for the families that need it to be open and in person. Why don't we all do that? These are unprecedented times. Our, the families we serve are making enormous sacrifices. I think we all owe it to them to make sacrifices. Wow, that would that would probably not be popular. Maybe it would be. I don't know. There might be teachers, you know, in the mix who would honestly suggest that and do that. You know, there might be teachers who are the ones who are making more than, say, a hundred grand a year who are like, you know what, I'll take a 20% pre-tax pay cut to make sure that our school district stays open. They might actually be willing to do that. I don't see where that's been tossed up as an option. Then you've got hundreds of employees within a district who are making, honestly, a crap wage. I mean, sorry. But some of these people do some of the dirtiest jobs in the school districts, and they're honestly making... <laughs> you know, less than less than people at McDonald's are making. And they're they're in charge of direct care of children, special ed populations who need special services, special care. I mean when when you look at Schenectady School District, for example, four hundred and fifty people in the first round of layoffs and cuts, four hundred and fifty people. And a lot of them are, you know, paras. The term paras came up. And I asked, I'm like, I'm sorry, but what does the word paras mean with regard to public education staffing? Oh, like, you know, oh, those are those are like the service personnel, support staff, you know, teachers, aides, you know, people. And it's like, okay, yeah, these are the people that without them, good luck having any school work. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these are people that get paid squat. They're generally not unionized. And they're out of a job so then they they get to go to you know they get to overburden you know our unemployment and and then those rates are going to go up when there's people who would just assume work really they want to get back to their students they know their students need them they understand the urgency they understand how important this is and we have a governor who just shuts it down I mean, where's the lotto money too? I mean, honestly, Angelo Santa Barbara. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it loud and clear. I have nothing but respect for that guy. I'm there. I'm sure there's things that maybe he and I wouldn't exactly see eye to eye on, and maybe I'm wrong there. But I'm telling you, this guy's got heart. This guy's got a spine, and this guy had, you know, come on. The the New York State Lottery is supposed to fund education. And less than a third of the revenue of the lottery is actually making it to education. Where, where's the rest? Where's the rest, Andrew Cuomo? Where is it? I talked to people today who opened a, you know, a beautiful store. It was a vacant building for, for as long as I can remember. They opened a beautiful, you know, beverages and groceries. They're selling, you know, some local wares and local baked goods. I mean, just a great small business. They took a chance on it. They put blood, sweat, tears, all kinds of money into it. They want to have Lotto there because it's a traffic builder. They, they can't get somebody from the Lotto to come out there. They need to have like an, a site visit, you know. They can't get anybody out there. Why? Explain to me why. Why are we so low functioning in this state that so many basic offices and services just are non-functional because of COVID? Because of COVID. Come on, do your job. 
And they're one of many places that are waiting. They're waiting to get certified, whatever, legitimized to be able to sell lotto. I mean, how much money are we missing out on in this state that people would willingly offer up because we have agencies that are just completely non-functioning oh, because of COVID? Put on a freaking hazmat suit. Go do the site visit and do your job. Do your job. We're paying you to do your job. Do your job. So we've got money, like, we don't know. The disappearing, you know, money trick of Andrew Cuomo. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it's gone. Whoop, where'd it go? We don't know. We don't know. 70% of lotto revenue is just, whoop, we don't know. Okay, all right. So, and then add to that the revenue that could be happening, but for whatever reason, like, you got businesses that want to sell lotto and can't because we can't, you know, we, we, ju- we just can't because of COVID. Okay, <laughs> come on, come on. The private sector could never surprise, survive rather in the manner that these, these government agencies are operating. Sorry. And some people, you know, in the capacity of state workers do a phenomenal job. I'm not saying they don't, but some of these agencies are so low functioning, it's laughable and don't just come on we have to do better for our kids there's some things that are just so valuable they completely transcend any sort of metric we can put on them any sort of monetary value any any sort of measurement contrived by man and one of those things is our children one of those things is our children and this state the policies that it's being run by The people it's being run by, they don't get it. They don't get it. We have a governor who clearly does not care about your children, does not care about my children. And the thing about being human is we have to look out for each other. We have to view every child as being as precious as our own children. We really do. That's the the beauty of being human. We're all in this together. It, It does take a village. It takes a whole tribe of New Yorkers who are willing to say, we've had enough. We've had enough, Andrew Cuomo. You've taken people who victimize children and you've lessened penalties. Our judicial system with regard to penalties that are in place for people who perpetrate sexual crimes against children is laughable. It's laughable. We, you know, we, we need to rise up as a state that's willing to, to draw the line in the sand. Let it be a deep, thick line in the sand that says you will only go so far. You cross the line and you victimize a child, there's going to be repercussions that are going to last your whole lifetime. Sorry, but children are so important that their value... Their well-being transcends your perceived need and your perceived right to, you know, mercy and a reduced sentence and the ability to just disappear because no one keeps track of parolees. Come on. Come on. Thousands of parolees just on the loose. Governor Cuomo doesn't know, doesn't care. Thousands of COVID-19 jailbreak inmates let loose. Are they rounding them back up now? Now that our numbers, now that we've flattened the curve, 
We have flattened the curve. We are New York tough. Where the hell are the inmates then? Where are they? Where are the ones you dumped off at the hotels, Andrew Cuomo? Where are they? Are we are we putting them back into custody? Or are we just giving them a free pass because of oh, you know, COVID? COVID. Oh. COVID-19. We know you raped children, but COVID-19, so you're just going to get let loose and nobody's going to ask any questions and you're just going to stay loose, stay out of trouble, stay out of the system. Good luck. That's literally what's going on under our noses, people. Wake up. Really, wake up. What sort of a degenerate uses a time of a you know pandemic to let inmates loose who have committed some of the worst crimes against humanity imaginable? And does it in the name of keeping us safe. Come on. Do you understand what this whole masked society really means? Do you understand that we've basically given criminals a free pass? Because when you have a mask on and sunglasses on, you're pretty much unidentifiable. And we're, we're creating a culture in which that's becoming the norm. And you've got people who literally feel safe because everybody's face is covered oh come on come on come on no seriously seriously i feel safe well good for you good for you do you think the people in inner cities do you think the communities of color feel safe right now when they've had drug dealers dumped right back into their neighborhoods gang members dumped right back when you know the domestic violence perpetrator who's been kicking the crap out of your mom for months got processed down at the station and then released do you do you really think that kid feels safe oh now you're stuck home all day here's your chromebook here's your chromebook Hopefully, you know, your mom's boyfriend who should be in jail but isn't because he beats the crap out of her. Hopefully he won't, you know, beat the crap out of you because you're home all day. Yeah, good luck. Black Lives Matter. Not to Andrew Cuomo. They don't. They really don't. They don't. Don't play with me. They don't matter to Andrew Cuomo or he would not pass the laws that he passes. He would not decimate school districts within communities of color the way he has. So don't don't play with me. Nope. Sorry. Wrong. This is reality. You got to live in it. If you're going to have a real discussion with me, you better stay in reality and you better stick to the facts. Don't tell me we have a governor who cares about minority communities because he doesn't. He doesn't. He's letting Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem be completely victimized. He's turning people loose who we had the one chance to incarcerate them for their own safety and the safety of others. And he chooses to let them loose because there's some grandiose plan. Read about it. Learn about it to empty New York state prisons by the year 2026 and have only 25% of the population that we currently have in our prisons. I, you know, how, sorry, but do you see crime lessening in your community? Do you see addiction-fueled crime lessening in your community? Because I don't. I don't see that at all. I don't know what world Andrew Cuomo lives in, but what I see a need for is better mental health facilities. We completely shut down mental health hospitals. I mean, some of them were running in ways that were completely inhumane. I get that. But nothing has been done to bridge the gap. Some people really need a long-term care 
residence facility to keep themselves safe and the public safe and that's just all there is to it so yeah let's just shut down prisons empty empty you know whatever you've done you're going to get let loose we're going to say it's because of COVID-19 and whatever nobody's going to question it yeah we're questioning it sorry we are because it's completely wrong what's being done here but, but nothing is being done to bridge the gap, to better serve people who have addiction issues, to better serve people who have mental health issues. Look at how many day programs for people with mental health and substance abuse issues have been closed since March 16th. And these are programs that people rely on. Closed. Okay. Yeah, any plan to reopen? No? Okay. Come on, don't tell me this guy cares because it's very evident he does not. It's time to wake up, New York. It's time to take your state back. It's time to start looking at life from the perspective of the most vulnerable. Because if we don't do that, we've completely lost. We've completely lost our way if we don't have the ability to advocate for the most vulnerable. You know, we all work hard to provide for our families. Some kids are not that fortunate. Some kids are living the kind of lives that their parents live because their parents don't know any better. If we're not helping and actively breaking the cycle, we're destroying ourselves. We have a governor who doesn't care. He really doesn't care. He has time apparently to write a book during times like this where, where people are suffering. Policies are being put in place because of him at his hand that are destroying our communities. And he has time to write a book? He, he put COVID-19 into nursing homes. People died alone and people are dying alone right now because he, he has mandates he will not lift, he will not flex, he will not make them into something that's reasonable and sensible. You got people that are locked away in nursing homes who haven't seen family for months. But we're busing people from New York City around the state to do prison visits with inmates. <laughs> Come on. Come on, New York, we are tough. We are smart. We're tougher and we're smarter than our governor, and it's time to start showing it. It's time to take our state back. This guy does not love our state the way you and I love this state. He's using our state as a stepping stone for political dreams and aspirations that have an address of Pennsylvania Ave, Washington, D.C. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care about my children. He doesn't care about black communities. He doesn't care about white communities. He doesn't care about brown communities or yellow communities. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And all of the legislation he has passed recently points to that. He doesn't care. If women's rights matter to you, Cuomo's got to go. If human rights matter to you, Cuomo's got to go. If victims' rights matter to you, Cuomo's got to go. Cuomo has got to go if our state is going to survive. Please, you know, if we run from this, those of you who love the state the way I do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go with us everywhere we go. We, it's like we can run, but we can't hide. I mean, I know there comes a point where people have to say, you know, we have to survive. We have to get out of this state. I understand that. But I also know the people that are left behind are the people that are being victimized now and will continue to be victimized by these horrible policies. So the time has come. The time has definitely, definitely come. And I pray to God, you guys unite. I pray to God we collaborate. Cancelcuomo.com. Join it. Become part of the community. Keep in touch with me, Downstate Abbey. I love this state too much to just 
roll over and play dead. I love it too much. I love you all. Keep in touch. Keep fighting the good fight. God bless.